0: Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. Tillage farmers are always looking for an edge in producing crops with consistently high yields at a lower cost. Organic manures may be the missing part to help in both of these areas. Mark Plunkett, a soils and plant nutritional specialist in Chagas, joins the Tillage Edge to talk about the benefits of organic manures for tillage farmers.
1: Absolutely, Michael. Organic manures are, are very beneficial for for tillage soils. And we generally think about N, P and K and sulphur, but uh, carbon is actually another, I suppose, nutrient that we add when we apply organic manures. And um, it's very much related to the soil organic matter. Um, if you take an application of farm yard manure, say for example, if we put out 25 tonnes to the hectare, which is about 10 tonnes to the acre, we're adding about two and a half tonnes of actual um, carbon. And about 15% of that carbon, 15 to 20% of that carbon actually ends up in the soil. So we increase the soil carbon by about 500 kilos per hectare. If you take an application of maybe a a liquid manure, something like, say, cattle slurry or pig slurry, you're adding a lot more water. You're adding less organic matter and less carbon. So, again, you're adding about 0.6 of a tonne per hectare of carbon in, say, 25 cubic meters per hectare or two and a half thousand gallons per acre. And that's ending up somewhere around uh, 60 kilos of carbon per hectare. So I suppose it's a, it's a very slow process, Michael, in terms of building that carbon or building that organic matter. It takes time with the, the liquid manure, like our cattle stories or our pig stories, but our, the likes of farmyard manure or mushroom compost, you're adding a lot more carbon and you can build the, the organic matter or the solid carbon more rapidly.
0: Okay. And farmer manures or, or any of those organic manures, I suppose, they, they, they have carbon, obviously, P&K, you mentioned, and we might get to that in a little while, but they're probably doing other things as well. What are they doing, do you think, in terms of soil biology or maybe some of the other chemical properties in the soil?
1: Well, I, I suppose the big thing, like if you think about soil, there, there's chemicals in terms of N, P, and K, and then there's biology and structure. And by adding soil carbon or soil organic matter, we're actually feeding the, the biology. And um, it's increasing the, the the amount of nutrient cycling, or it's increasing the soil st- stability, or it's it's bringing it's a bit like the glue. It's like organic matter is like a soil glue, and it brings all the soil aggregates together. So there's sort of there, there's a benefit there that you feed the soil, you feed the biology, and it's working for you in terms of soil structure, soil stability. It's making soils more resistant to soil compaction, and obviously then it's it's feeding. There's a, a nutrient pool. In in humus, like the the soil organic matter is converted into humus in the soil and it's a valuable reserve of things like nitrogen, sulfur, potassium, magnesium and trace elements and I suppose that gives soils more resilience on the nutrient front say in, in dry years or in terms of rooting or establishment that you're creating a better environment for the seeds to root, to get going, the crop has more vigor. And also you're making the soils more re- re- resilient to, say, mach- heavy machinery passing over. They'll take water easy. You know, the infiltration capacity of the soil is increased. And also soils are more resistant to um, erosion and um, because you have that glue that, you know, makes the aggregates more stable in the soil.
0: And when you're talking about that biology, Mark, is it, is it bacteria and funguses and nematodes, or is it that kind of thing that people kind of think about when they think about bacteria, about the biology bit? Well, well, you're feeding
1: everything. Like you're feeding the biology, or sorry, you're feeding the the, the bacteria, the fungi. You're feeding the earthworms. You're feeding the little beetles. All the, all that soil life are are, are feeding. It's like, it's like, it's like putting a food on the table for them. It a readily accessible you know source of of organic matter and they they, they churned that up in their little um stomachs and they you know they produce like worms produce uh, soil castings and like you know it contains an, a very available form of of major nutrients such as np and k and trace elements and i suppose that's the big benefit that's i suppose the x factor that you bring to a soil by getting in Organic manure, That'd be farm yard manure, pig slurry, cattle slurry, poultry manure. There's also a range of bio-based fertilisers there, Michael. Um, you know things like there's a trial going on at the minute up in up in Arclow there on on the Brooks Farm. It's the Nutrient Cycle project where we're looking at a range of um, you know cattle slurry, poultry manures, and also bio-based products, products coming from sludges coming from the milk processing industry, and we're actually looking at the long-term effect of those nutrients on the soil in terms of soil carbon, soil structure. We're we're putting those out on a continuous basis over four years, we're in year three of the project. So that that trial is going to yield, I suppose, very, very good results for tillage farmers on how to use uh, these nutrients as effectively as possible. And also their their
0: benefits in terms of improving soil health and soil structure. And for a farmer who might be applying organic manures for a while, how does, he, how does the, the, the farmer know whether that's working or not in the soil?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good question. Um, but from talking to farmers, like, you know, you hear the comment that the land is easier worked, you know what I mean? That there's less draft or there's less diesel required, that, you know, soils plow up, they're more friable, they're more workable, they're more stable. You see an improvement in earthworm activity. You know, the, the, the birds are coming down behind you when you're plowing. And, you know, the the soils are healthier. You're getting good crops. There's, I suppose there's a bit of resilience in there. Like if you get the the, the tough spring or the hot summer that the soils have a, a better ability to supply both nutrients and moisture. Um, and, you know, once they're managed correctly, you know, there, there is there's a benefit like you're 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 adding, especially to continuous tillage soils, you're adding carbon, you're adding organic matter, you're feeding the biology, which is improving the structure and which is improving the availability of of the major nutrients uh, during the growing season.
0: I heard a, a good um, soil scientist telling me one time that uh, how do you know if it's working? And his, his answer was relatively simple. You get high yields consistently. I thought it was a, a very a simple answer to uh, perhaps, as you're saying yourself, is probably a more complex uh, structure kind of going on in, in behind there. Yeah, you're
1: getting, you're getting seasonal, you're getting consistent yields um, from year
0: to year. So, Mark, where you have a, a, a farmer who has access to organic manures, where should that farmer prioritize applying those manures on the farm?
1: I, I suppose, again, I, I suppose a good place to, to maybe think about, you know, which fields, maybe where have you seen yields dipping over the years? You know, has there been a fall off in grain yields? You know, maybe look at the soil test results, see which fields are index one and two for, for P's and K's. Also look at crops that have a big nutrient demand. Say, you know, if, you know, say a, a winter wheat crop. Um, also then the opportunity, Michael, you know, when can you get that organic manure in? Like, like I think spring crops, um Provide a, a good opportunity. said like the spring barley, and um, you you can get in the springtime. You can you can plough it in, and um, you can you know. Um, there's a window there to get uh, those nutrients, um, and there's an opportunity to, to utilise. Um, to like
0: to say pig slurry, cattle slurry, poultry manures. So um so Mark, what sort of level of P and K uh, is is actually in? the likes of farm yard manure, say a tonne of farm yard manure, or maybe a, a thousand gallons of uh, say good quality cattle slurry.
1: Okay, Michael, um, if you take a, a tonne of farm yard manure, it contains about three units of nitrogen, two units of phosphorus and 12 units of potassium. So a typical application right there would be 10 tonnes per acre. So that would supply 30 units of nitrogen. It would supply 20 units of pea and 120 units of potassium. If you take something like cattle slurry, a uh, good quality catalyst slurry uh, per thousand gallons. Again, it contains nine units of available nitrogen, five units of phosphorus, and 32 units of potassium. So, again, an application rate of say 2000 gallons to the acre would give, would give you 18 units of nitrogen, 10 units of P, and 64 units of potassium. So that's a direct replacement, and that's what the research would have shown. Michael worked on in Oak Park by Richie Hackett on pig slurry that, you know, you can directly replace bag fertilizer in terms of N, P, and K. Which say take a thousand gallons of pig slurry is something like a 19.720. You know, so that's that's the available N, P, and K. So you know you, you could replace somewhere in the region about 30 to 40 percent of the crop's nitrogen requirement, and about 50 percent of the crop's P and K requirement.
0: Okay, so that's quite substantial then, really. I mean, it's a valuable source of nutrients. But how say in in your slurry there, you, you, you talked about is all slurry equal, or can a person measure the P and K values in slurries?
1: Yeah, again, that's that's a very good question. And I suppose that's I suppose one of the key things that we would have seen the work that we, we've done over the years um on both poultry manures and 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 uh, pig and cattle slurries, that it's very, very important to get uh, an idea, or 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 to measure its N, P K value. So again, you can do it simply with some like for the liquid uh, slurries, some like a slurry hydrometer. You can do it on farm. It, it measures the the dry matter of the the liquid slurry, and you know you can estimate or it gives a very accurate estimate of its NPK value. For the solid manures, the likes of your poultry manures, your farmyard manures, your mushroom compost. Again, I would encourage people to get to get them tested and trust the analysis, and that gives you you know, information as regards how to use the, the nutrient effectively in terms of the application rate that you apply. You know, you're, you could supply, for example, up to maybe 50% of the crops NPK requirements with, say, poultry manure, for example, and then supply the other 50% with um, bag fertilizer. And again, you'll get the same results. Like, it's a direct replacement uh, for the NPK and bag fertilizer that you apply in the organic man- organic manure, whether it's poultry manure, pig slurry, or cattle slurry.
0: And for the for the slurries, uh, Mark, here, uh, a farmer can use a hydrometer, which am I right in yes. saying that, that 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 measures the dry matter of which you then can estimate the peas and case and correct. How long does that take? Does that take a half an hour, or two hours? How long does that take for no, for, for a farmer in a, in a, in a yard
1: for pig slurry? It's instant. Like you just get a say a, a cylinder, a liter a cylinder container, get an agitated sample of pig slurry, and just gently. Um, drop the hydrometer down into the pig slurry and it'll read off instantly because the pig slurry tends to be 3-4% dry matter. The cattle slurry, you may have to dilute it or if the cattle slurry is thick, if you just sit it into it and go off and have a cup of tea or a sandwich or whatever and come back in maybe half an hour, two quarters of an hour, it'll settle and you'll get a a reading then, as say, you'll get a reading in terms of dry matter and there's a very close link or relationship between the dry matter and its actual NPK content. And the hydrometer costs about, about 50 euro, 50, 60 euros. Um, so you could have that on site um, to get a, an estimate um, of, of the actual manure. You could send a sample off to the lab for analysis. Again, it would be more accurate. Um, so you've either are, either option there, either to, you know.
0: Mark, till farmers, they can often find it very hard to get their hands on, I, I suppose, local sources of organic matter and... They can often have to transport it to their farm. So, from an economic point of view, how far can uh, tillage farmers transport this stuff in? You know, to, for it to make sense, if you like. I, I suppose, um, Michael. I, I, I,
1: again, it's. I, for the likes of pig slurry and cattle slurry, you know, that, that tend to have a lot of liquid in them. It's very much, I suppose, um, investigating your local situation. Like, you know, is there a readily available so- source of cattle slurry or pig slurry? And then I suppose it's, it's meeting the pig farmer or the, or the, the, the livestock farmer. And I suppose see, seeing, you know, how it can be done. Like, you know, you can put a value on, if you take a thousand gallons of, of cattle slurry, it's, it's worth somewhere in the region of, you know, somewhere around um, somewhere around 22 euros per thousand gallons. If you take a thousand gallons of pig slurry, it's worth about 26 euros per thousand gallons. So again, I suppose you just have to do the maths in terms of distance. You're probably talking between five and 10 miles for the, the liquid manures. Um, and I suppose like some pigeries, for example, may have a facility where they can maybe bring Arctic loads, maybe five, six thousand gallons a go. And again, I suppose it's just Seeing what's available in your locality. For the solid manures, the likes of your poultry manures, they're more nutrient dense. Like if you take layer manure, like it's coming out of a, a layer house and it's dried. So you have a product that's that's very, very dry and it's very transportable. Like you know, it'll 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 you can transport it a, a longer distance than you can say for your liquid manures. You know, the, the layer manure, say it's very nutrient dense. If you take layer manure like um you know, at at something like a 23, 11 24. It's worth about 35 euros a ton. So, you know, you could put in a transport cost there of maybe 15, 16 euros a ton, and you know, it still leaves it very, very attractive. and um, to you know, you can bring it a long distance. So I suppose in a nutshell, it's very much down to the type of manure and uh its nutrient density or its nutrient um content in terms of NP and K.
0: Okay. And for to the farmer who who's bringing that um, material on, let's just say slurries, I suppose, are they required to 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 spread it under the the the, the less method or the, uh, the 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 low the the, the non um, splash plate system, if you like, um, so using um, trailing hose or that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, again, there like, there has been, I suppose, a big conversion. Um, there's a number of farmers after taking on the low emissions, like said, so band spreader and the trailing shoe. And, you know, it's, it's the, the best way to utilize the nutrients, you know, in terms of emissions, like you're going to reduce the nitrogen loss. And um, it's also a more precise way of delivering that nutrients. You're going to get a more even application across the spread width. So yes, there is big benefits there in terms of using the low emission um, application techniques. And like I know a number of piggeries that have invested in that technology um so you're 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 getting i suppose a, a better product you know what i mean you're you're on a more precise applied product as well in terms of delivering um n p and k for your your cereal crop or your oilseed seed crop or maize crop whatever crop you're putting it on
0: and where a, a, a tillage farmer uses that the, the that that's uh, technology for um you know the the the, the low emission spreading technologies um is it as crucial then that the that material is plowed down to try and trap that nitrogen that's that, that's in the slurries as quick as they can? It
1: probably takes the pressure off a little bit, but again, the sooner it's plowed in, like you know, work done in Oak Park there, um Richie Hackett done work a number of years ago on Pig Slurry, and like Richie would have band spread it at the time um, from memory and it was plowed in. So the sooner if you you know if you if you combine low emission spreading with plowing you know what I mean? You're retaining a lot of the, you know, you're retaining the nitrogen. You're going to get, you know, 50% of the nitrogen as we have to achieve. So the figure that I gave you that 19.70, you'd be very confident that you had 19 units of nitrogen in that slurry. And I suppose the other one then to, I suppose, help you in determining how much nitrogen is in that is, is getting it tested or, or doing getting the slurry hydrometer or sending a sample off to the laboratory to see exactly what's in it and see how does it compare to the book value.
0: Mark, it's a fascinating area, and certainly there's there's a lot of uh, potential benefits and also savings for tillage farmers out there by using uh, organic manures. Um, it's it's a topic that uh, could we, we could talk about for another hour if we wanted to, but um, we're going to have to leave it there. So I just want to thank you very much for your your okay, time, gonna look, and no we'll come back to you again and uh, maybe have another chat about it maybe later in the year. Thanks, okay, Mark. thank you. Thank you. That's it for the Tillage Edge this week, and my thanks to Mark for joining me on the podcast. You might like to join us at our events as part of the Chagas Tillage Month over the next few weeks. We are running online spring seminars, the National Tillage Conference, and a number of winter crop management webinars, and also a Moulting Barley Conference over the coming weeks. For more information, look up chagas.ie forward slash tillage month. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, recommend it to a friend or colleague, And as always, rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more farming information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.